Hello and welcome to another Backpage Pass. We have two new faces on the pod this time, but this is an audio medium, so their voices are largely irrelevant. Anyways, you will hear the voices of Colin O'Hanlon and Cormac Cochran, as well as those of Mark Corcoran and myself, John O'Donnell, as we talk through the European Championship so far. Let's get the ugly stuff out of the way. Uh, Mark, Ireland, where did it all go wrong? Um, well, I think by and large, the, the tournament came um, at a bad time for most of Ireland's uh, key players. Um, if you look at um, Shea Given, there was doubts over his fitness um, for you know weeks leading into the tournament. I think it showed in the in the three games he was up, he was making mistakes and a fall for goals in each of the games. Um, if you look at Richard Dunn again, he wasn't his Moscow self, and he missed large parts of the season with a shoulder problem. Um, then again, Robbie Keane looked well for Aston Villa, but he lost his sharpness when he went back to Galaxy and he didn't look himself. And I just don't think Ireland are the type of team that can afford to lose players of this caliber and expect to compete against um, you know top what are the top ten teams. So um, you know it's it's easy to see where it went wrong. Two minutes, the good good feeling lasted, and then for Shea uh, Gibbons' first mistake. Yeah, but, and then we got a shot of uh, realism and realized it was it was it was always going to be a very diff, diff, difficult task. Yeah, Given and Don both looked overweight. What did you guys think of their performance? It's very hard to blame Shea Given because during the whole championship, he didn't really face a tougher task than he, than he was going to face in the in the Euros, and he really wasn't tested as much as he was prior to the Euros. Now all of a sudden, everyone's on his back for the mistakes that he made. But in reality, his goal was like it was peppered for every single game. Like he'd probably defending constantly always had to be on the ball for 90 minutes because the ball was always going to come his direction team was under pressure probably wasn't used to that so maybe he was he probably was the injury definitely played a part in it but I think it's very unfair for people to come out and say that Shea Given had, had a very bad tournament when like the whole team really did and that there's only so much one goalkeeper can do and if a team's constantly attacking like there's only so much a world-class goalkeeper can do like Shea Given and yes he didn't have his best tournament but I don't think no means he should retire and he didn't have his best tournament but I think it's very unfair to say that he had a very bad tournament if you're going to exclude the rest of the team because no man is no team is one goalkeeper yeah I completely agree with that but uh, the other point is is Kieran Westwood that much better than Shea Given really no would, would you have trusted him book? more no, well I mean when it comes down to it was Given really fit because as I said I thought he looked overweight and his feet were wrong in the, first, the first goal two minutes, two minutes into the tournament and he's getting his feet completely wrong trying to dive for a, a player who's going backwards heading the ball and he's diving into the far post where it's never going to go it's never going to go at any pace and he's gone, started going that way when he should be covering his near post and that kind of thing happened a lot and in the Spain game the ball he should be catching it's Shea Given we expect a lot of him but it's, it's a simple ball to catch and he's he failed to do it and went around the, cor- around the post and came in as a corner. But um, other players as well, like Robbie Keane, Dam- what Damien Duff was covered the second most yards out of any Irish player, but he didn't really do anything on the ball. It's not like Damien Duff, we're used to seeing him get on the ball and beat players and put crosses in, but he didn't do anything either. What, what would be outfield players if we get away from Shea? I mean, Glenn Whelan was another one that I didn't really trust too much. The, the inability to be able to pass the ball five yards, it was... It's shocking that in this day and age that players can't even do that, can't even play their way out of the defence because Damien Duff covered so much, so much mileage because he ran the ball straight out of the defence and then there was no one there to take the ball off him. He just ran back again and lost the ball more times than not. But uh. Well, I thought um, Keith Andrews was the only one that really showed some kind of you know, up and at them that you expect out of an, an Ireland team. Over the, over the three games, he was the one that most took the fight. Um, 
uh, Glenn Whelan I think has played better for Stoke than he, than he tends to do with Ireland maybe that's coming down from management that he's he's just told rigidly do this do that don't do this don't do that and it affects his performance um, but I think Ireland were just in general were just outclassed um, in the three games uh, it was disappointing to see even in the Italian game that we had a decent record under Trapattoni versus Italy, and yet we were just we were lackluster, and we did, we didn't really look like we were gonna give the fans something to actually sing about. Well, people said people have been saying Andrews was their best player, but his passing stats for the whole tournament have been bad. He didn't really do much other than run around. He got sent off silly as well. But as you were saying, all the players did look. A lot of the players looked tired, and is that down to the manager? And is that one of the manager's main mistakes? I never really got that whole players look tired thing. I mean, sometimes they obviously are being worse since a long season, but it's their, it's their job. They're professional athletes, and it's their job to stay in shape. And if they're tired, they were given the day off. I mean, I know some players do get fatigued at tournaments, but I don't think Ireland should really use that as one of the main excuses that the players are tired. Every other team in that tournament had the same schedule. Some teams probably had worse schedules because most of the players in the Irish team would have been playing as many matches as some of the other players because they'd have Champions League, Europa League's uh, commitment whatever but I think one of the main things for me just from the tournament the main thing it came down to and I think England as well if you're going to play with two defensive midfielders you need two outstanding wingers who can either hold the ball and go and you can't just keep they kept lumping the ball forward like I don't maybe you guys will correct me but I don't see a problem in keeping the ball and playing it like even in your own half for like two minutes just play the ball around if you can and just let the game settle instead of banging the ball back up to them straight away and even if even at the end of the day you do hit the ball back to them, you've given yourself time to recover. You've given yourself an extra two minutes as opposed to getting the ball back and straight away hoofing it. Just play it around a little bit, even if it is in your own half. But when players aren't comfortable with playing the ball around, you can't really expect them to. And I mean, this goes back to a deeper question within Irish and even the UK philosophy of having to play football. They don't want it. They want the ball away from them more so than they want it at their feet. I'd say a certain amount of it is basic being able to play. I'm not talking about intricate passes. I mean just even playing it back to the goalkeeper, back to the defender, like playing it in between the back four, just not lumping away straight away. Like you're not looking for the killer pass. You're just looking for any pass. Just maybe even trying to keep the ball somehow a little bit longer, even if it does involve running around in a circle and then clearing it. Well, the problem there is Arnhem were kind of some halfway house in that if we were lumping it forward, we didn't have the right men to compete, compete with for the long ball forward. But if we wanted to play it short passes, we didn't have the men in the team to do that. Cormac's right in the, in the sense that we, we should have attempted to keep it, even just to take the pressure off for a few minutes, because it was wave after wave, particularly against Spain. Obviously, Spain are a different animal, but they had 24 shots um, on on, uh, on goal, on target in that, in that game. And that comes back to, again, Cormac's earlier point of giving me a peppered. Um, you're just creating your um, further problems by, by lumping it back. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there is a problem with the players that can be selected, but the players that were selected, is that something we need to look at? Because Gibson didn't get a look in. Yeah. Green even got minutes ahead of Gibson. And I know we couldn't have McCarthy, but those are players who can pass it a bit. Instead, we went for players who can run around a lot. And, like, McGeady looked tired because he's played two seasons in 18 months because the, the, the Russian League had to do that. But the other players really didn't have much of an excuse for being tired. Yeah, well, uh, it's exactly what what, um, what was said before is that you, if you look at Spain and Barcelona, these players are going to Champions League, um, semi finals. Then they went on to the um, the Spanish Cup final. Whereas Ireland, you know, a lot of the Irish players aren't playing 
they're, they're playing you know Saturday Saturday whereas a lot of the other teams are playing Saturday Wednesdays Saturday so we, is, do, we don't really have the same excuse tiredness wise is that down to formations where the Spanish have six midfielders so they don't have to run around as much they can just play short balls this is something trap he only brought in a different formation for five minutes in the Spain match and the rest of the time was 4-4-2 is that a reason why we couldn't keep possession I, I, well, I, I still I I think that it's more about. I don't think they look tired. I think they look nervous. And when players are nervous, your legs start to go. You have a fear. And I think they were beaten before they even came out to play the game. To be honest with you, and I mean, I don't, I don't agree with this tired philosophy as you pointed out there, Mark. That I mean, like Spain. Obviously, it's something to do with the tactical thing. But the you know, Xavi and Iniesta, they've been playing sixty games a season since two thousand and eight. So you know, it can't be tired. It can't be. And, and Chavi is a man that has bad I- issues with his um, like, um, problem in his Achilles, I think. And he's a much older man than uh, Andrews and Whelan will be. He doesn't look tired. And what about, like, a lot of people were calling for James McLean to get in and they didn't so much want Cox in midfield, they wanted Dean deeper and somebody else playing up front. What about those kind of decisions, the, the, the substitutions that did or didn't happen? Reality of the situation that we're facing is that we can either play like they play to a worse level or we can set up to try and defend what they're doing and I think we have good players but I don't think we've good enough players to compete with what they're doing to try and do the same as they are for now anyway it's a fundamental change that needs to happen from the time that we're young because I read a, an article this morning saying that in countries like Spain and Holland they don't make kids compete for goals at the start they're at a certain age they start bringing the idea of winning by goals, but it's a point system for passing. And it's just all about passing. So the smaller, more technical kids get a go, but in Irish football, from the very moment, it's about scoring goals. And this allows for bigger, stronger kids, maybe not as good technically, to rise to the forefront and get pulled easier and so on and so forth. And that might be just a minor thing, but that's just one of the examples of how the game needs to be changed at a fundamental level. So it comes down to, do we try and take them on at their own game? Which I don't think we can. Or do we just get a little bit better, better technically in the way that we defend? And maybe, I mean, Trapattoni, I think, can be fault for the way that he tried to play, but I think the personnel he picked, he, he can't really defend like some of the players he chose to put in position. Like Paul Green is just, quite frankly, inexcusable. Like, I mean, Gibson, and, like he plays Premiership football and he has played a defensive role before, but in the way that he set up, I don't think you can try and compete with the likes of Spain, Italy, and ultimately, I think. We could have maybe even been beaten worse if we had tried to compete with the way we were because we would have left more open at the back. Mm. So you, you have to consider, is it a case of, yeah, bring in these new players, but they're just going to play the same way because we can't take them on the way Irish football is now at their own game. Yeah, Trapp said he was he was surprised. He'd never seen this, side, this fear in the players before, and it could be because it's a different level. But going forward, a lot of people are calling for Trapp to resign or for somebody new to come in. And obviously we can't afford to sack him, so... Unless he quits, he's not going. But if if we could bring somebody new in, who would we be looking at? Well, who? Well, I don't think he's going to go. First of all, um, unless there's some kind of you know at the start of the qualifying campaign and we're not doing well. And um, is it Dennis O'Brien? Is paying his wages? No, Dennis it's O'Brien anymore. Oh, it's all FA. That is the last contract that Dennis O'Brien it was the first contract, the first and then contract. when he took the pay cut. Well, I mean, I, I, I would more be looking if, if, if fans turned on him, if he, if he starts trying to do this whole, you know, going for the one nil, because we're in a difficult group, um, Germany and Sweden, you'd, you'd expect them to, to get through. 
Um, so, but I think he, to answer the question, I think he will stay um, in the job. Who would replace him? Um, I was would look at um, Brian McDermott at Reading. I'd like to see him because he publicly stated that it's his goal for management that he wants to manage the Republic of Ireland before he retires. Yeah, it could be a case of like Mick McCarthy at Wolves where people call for the manager to go and then he's gone and you realise actually we, we have nobody wants yeah. this job because there's no players there. But we going forward, we have a few new players coming through with McCarthy and McLean. Would you have optimism towards qualifying for World Cup? Yeah, certainly, yeah, if he's able to change the formation. But um, I think we could change the style we play. I think it was said before that, you know, look at Swansea, Norwich, they were able to change their styles of play with players who aren't of... You know they weren't great, but you know you 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 get these guys into training. Obviously, just at the club level, you get them in every single day, and you're able to play the way you know that they they have played. That they stayed up in the Premiership from playing good passing football. Um, so why not bring some of the players? You know, Norwich have a good couple of Irish players, Billington, Oolahan. Mm. You know, um, perfect got, example. Really. Yeah, we've got good midfielders. Why can't we play that game? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I think back to Shropstone, I think it'd be probably one of the most stupid decisions in Irish FA history and that's saying a lot to replace Giovanni Trapattoni at the moment because everyone forgets that we qualified for nothing we came close to qualifying we came close a few times but Giovanni Trapattoni has taken us to the qualifying stage of the World Cup and gotten us into the Euros and people are very quick to forget that we didn't qualify for anything for a very long time and before Jack Charlton we qualified for nothing so you have to remember that Giovanni Trapattoni has made history with the Republic of Ireland. He's got us back into the tournament, and to replace him now, like you'd look back at that in twenty years, and you go, uh, "So this we, this Italian came along, he got us into the qualifiers, we were robbed. Then we got into the Euros, but then we sacked him because he got beaten in the Euros by the, the world by the top three of the top teams in the top eight. Like I mean, you one of those foolish decisions of all time to look back at in context. Even from a financial point of view, they they sacked him, <laughs> you know, um, and if they did sack him, they won't have the money to bring in another guy of his calibre, you'd be looking at uh, Brian Kerr, somebody along those lines again, somebody of that kind of wage, you know, level. Isn't Trap one of the highest paid managers, uh, country manager, second in second, Europe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he is, yeah. But for good reason, he's taken a, well, not for good reason, maybe. <laughs> but the only person you could hold out hope for is maybe Gus Hiddink has decided he wants another challenge and he'll ridiculous <laughs> challenge. He'll, he'll, he'll yeah. pick up the phone to the, to the FAI. Not the five million lying around. Yeah, the Roy Keane? No, not a chance. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but you'll never, you'll never get it. Cause I'd have a huge problem with that. Uh, well, Delaney will never uh, give it to him. So, why would you have a huge problem with? I think the he had one good year as a manager. Uh, that was about it. Uh, he, I think he'd be a brilliant assistant coach. I think he'd be the motivation that the players need. Uh, if they, if they, were, if they allowed him back, I mean, it's, it would be very much a player thing. There's still a few players around who were at Saipan, and you don't know how they feel. They never really came out. I think he'd be a brilliant motivator for a squad to, like, because you said it before, one of the main things was they looked afraid, and I guarantee you Roy Keane would take the fear out of those players. <laughs> oh, would they add, would he add more? <laughs> They'd be more afraid of him than of losing. Yeah, you better play well, because you don't want to go back. And, but but you have to remember, Roy Keane actually played with Ireland again after Saipan, so they probably worked out a lot of those Yeah. Those Although he's criticised all the players against yeah. yeah. the senior players. The longer he's Don't gone forget on, the fans. <laughs> the longer he's gone <laughs> yeah. on talking, the, the, the more respect I lose from him. After every BBC thing, he says something stupid. Like, and it's just like, I oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't watch him. But uh, he just, you lose, I lost more and more respect to him the more he talked. Like, I loved him as a player, but uh, as a person, he was just psycho. I, I agreed with everything he said. Yeah. So he said it the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree with he that. Right. I, I, I think he, he is. He should change 11 players, and that's wrong. But. 
I think he was dead right. Yeah, you have to remember though, it's it's the final whistle just goes. He's on. Yeah, like, he, the camera just goes on him, and he, he says it like um, he repeated. I think in his column then at the weekend, um, a lot of things he said, but it wasn't in the same. It was more considered. Yeah. But people were still picking out the lines, the one-liners. Yeah. Saying stuff. The buzzwords. Well, well, the idea is that um, yeah, the fans they went for their um, went for a great time, but maybe wouldn't it be great if they kind of got a bit fed up with? Yeah, if they actually responded, if to the poor performances yeah. and demanded better. Okay, well, that was part one. We'll be back in a moment to discuss the semis. Stop giggling. They said semis. Hello, and welcome back to Backpage Pass. In this part, we're going to discuss the first semi between Portugal and Spain. People have been calling Portugal a one-man team. Is that fair? Uh, <laughs> yes, it is definitely. Ronaldo is the the figurehead in that team. He scores or creates most of the goals. Have they? Has, who else has scored goals from this in this tournament? Pepe, Postiga, Postiga. Ronaldo's got two. Um, Ronaldo's got three. Three, yeah. No, he's got two more matches. Yeah, he's got three. Yeah. Sorry, my apologies. How <laughs> uh, Moutinho, I guess, is the other. I mean, if there was to be another guy in that team that would create chances. I mean, he created the you know. Fantastic uh, cross for Ronaldo's goal against Czech Republic. Um, I think he's a really good player, and and then I guess Pepe, the headbanger. The, but you never know what he's going to do. And I think it gets him off at any stage. But yeah, yeah, Ronaldo is the the key guy. I think it's unfair. Like obviously Ronaldo, outstanding player for United, Real Madrid, and obviously Portugal. But Portugal, they do have some other good players outside Ronaldo. It's just they've been set up to play in a very attacking-minded. Two wingers, one of which happens to be world class, who gets a lot of the ball, so everything's focused around him. So they they play with four in defence, three really tight in the middle, and then three really three two outside players and one striker. And Ronaldo is essentially given a free reign, and he, he is probably the best option for Portugal just to go through Ronaldo. But unfortunately for the other t- players in Portugal, Ronaldo it, it, he is world class and he does get the goals. So yeah, I think it is fair to say Portugal are a one man team, but. They do have some other good players around the park. It just happens that it's set up for Ronaldo to, to maximise his potential. But they either play that way or he kind of takes it upon himself <laughs> to, to, play be, to, to play that way. But um, looking at the, at the stats, he has had 14 attempts on target, the most of any player at the tournament. And he's had 15 attempts off target. The most of any player <laughs> in the tournament. So either either it's been he's been given the free reign or he's saying I'm Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm going to win this match. As he always does, um, he's doing it himself. But uh, what surprises me is that other teams are also putting it on him. They're just kind of going, "Yeah, go on, have a go." Because if you look at Holland, they had their fullback was against him directly, and they had Robin against Contreras, and Robin isn't track it back ever. But what uh, what Barcelona did against Real Madrid when they came up against Ronaldo, Pep kind of put his head around it and just kind of went, "Well, we'll go three four three, and that way Alves will stop this by going to Ronaldo." And Puyol can sweep up anything that does get through. And I think if the Netherlands had just put Coit on, on the right and then had Deville behind him and Robin in front pinning back Contreras, then Portugal wouldn't have had anything and then the rest of the team would have had free reign. Because the, the thing about Portugal is all their attacks come down the sides. They can't work their way through the middle the way other teams can. They always seem to, they, they just work forward in a block. Those three will sit back until the wingers get the ball forward. And Nani, in a sense as well, who 
who hasn't been brilliant, who's been a bit wasteful in possession, but is also, but he has put in a shift in. Two, the two wingers have worked really hard, like a lot of people are calling them lazy, but it just seems that the other teams are kind of just letting them have it. Well, yeah, well, could it be a case of Philip Lamb versus Cristiano Ronaldo for the final? Will Lamb go out of his way just to make sure Ronaldo's, like, he's been marshaled the entire game? Because the other side, they've had pretty inconsistency. They've had Boateng, was it, for the last game, and he wasn't, he's known as not a, an amazing defending fullback. He's more known for going forward, and if they if he does do that, Ronaldo will eat that up all day and get the ball into the danger zone. Once the ball, as you said, they play it to the wings, and once they've gotten the ball far enough, Far enough up the pitch on the wing, there's danger to any of the team in the tournament at creating chances. So you wonder how Germany are going to approach this. Are they going to just allow Philip Lamb to kind of switch wings along with Ronaldo, or are they going to let Ronaldo get a one on one with Boateng or whoever happens to be playing on either side? Portugal won't get that far though. Yeah, that's the thing about the, the Spanish merry go round of, of passing. It's interesting enough though that um, uh, Spain have said today that. Uh, it's that um, they won't be paying attention to Ronaldo more than any other player. But speaking of Spain, a lot of people have been saying they're going to be boring and they're, they're sick of watching Spain and Spain just is constant attention. They don't actually work shots. But they, what do you guys think? Do you enjoy watching Spain? Yeah, it's like saying you're sick of greatness, to be honest. I mean, like, it's a great way to like it, it, it may be boring at times, but like it just means you're not a fan of passing football. They've been watching the Premiership too much. That it's just attack, attack, attack. But in reality, the game is coming to like Spain have won the last two tournaments, and the game is going that way. Where passing is a new kind of like long ball, fast player and bangs it in, and the, the striker gets a tap in. Like it's the game is going that way, and at times it can be hard to watch. But you know something's going to come at the end of it. It's like it, it, I think it is more enjoyable to watch that than a boring Premiership game where people are just loafing balls to each other. I mean, maybe that, that's probably the first time I'd heard a complaint about a Spanish game being boring because the passes weren't going anywhere for a while, but I've heard plenty of games where Bolton versus Wigan where people are just loafing the ball to each other like a table tennis game before anything happens. So I much prefer seeing that than a, a poor game in the Premiership. They do score some of the most uh, entertaining goals, though. Um, even the, the four against Ireland, um, they're just clever goals and they, you, you do admire them. I think the, probably the problem is that the reason that they don't like Spain is um, there isn't another Spain. There isn't two kind of passing merry-go-round teams that can go against each other. It has to be a contrasting style versus Spain. And so everybody doesn't like Spain because they always, they always come out on top. Like there isn't two Barcelonas, even Barcelona against Real Madrid. Real Madrid don't have Xavi or Iniesta to keep the ball. So I think they they stick out like a ton because they're they're that different and they're that good. Is it the case that as well that a lot of teams just set out to defend against Spain? It's not Spain's fault that they yeah. they've got six players in the box and four in the eighteen eighteen yard line. Yeah, well, I I really like that clash though, the attacking versus defense, like you saw with Barcelona and Chelsea. But I mean, the the, the statistic that. Uh, Amazes me the most is that Spain haven't conceded a goal in um, knockout competition since two thousand and six. Knockout. No, in the in the outside outside the outside the room. Yeah. No, that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's just a ridiculous stat. <laughs> a, lot, like, a, lot, I mean, a lot of those have been one 0 wins. Though, yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why people don't like them. Yeah, but I don't know. I just love ball retention and and passing. I could watch Chevy and Iniesta and I see. I could watch them all night. Um, and how do we see this match by now? 1-0 1-0 Spain? Yeah 
the, 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 the interesting thing is um, that people always say like you should just do what Chelsea did against Barcelona play against Spain and not defend. The but the, the thing about people always forget that Chelsea scored twice in that match. Yeah. So you still do have to score goals to have any chance and, and Messi is a crossbar. So Chelsea shouldn't have gone through but everybody wants to play like Chelsea. I see Spain going through. I'll go for that two, two now. It's going, it's going to be like Barcelona versus Real Madrid pretty much. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's like it's going to be intense and people say when it's a derby form we at the window but not really in Spain's case because they just tend to have permanent form they're just, they're just a class outfit but I can see it going pretty like like tit for tat kind of motion so I think Portugal will go for it at the start and will like let Ronaldo do his own thing and he will have some effect on the defence but I think the uh, the tit for tat kind of play will eventually subside and it will just become Spain beginning to pass the ball around Portugal's three-man midfield. I, mean, I think Portugal do have the players if they wanted to set up defensively, but I don't think they will. It's just not in their nature. So I think Spain will win out, but I don't think it'll it'll be a, as... I don't know, it will be, I think, a dominant possession, but I think it'll be a little closer than some people think. So I'm going to go 1-0, like Cobb. You're expecting to see some titty tads. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be a lot of tit for tat. I mean, <laughs> Portugal are going to try and play on the break, and they've got Nani Ronaldo, who can play on the break. So they'll be titting, and then... <laughs> Spain will be trying to tap back with their passes. I Nobody think, is better at titting around than Ronaldo. <laughs> you know I think we're primed to see the biggest hissy fit of Ronaldo's career. This could yeah, be it. Yeah, this, yeah. this is this is it. Although he's, he's won be... everything else. This is the only thing. Yeah. This in the World Cup are the only thing he's, he needs to win. Did, did, you, did you hear him having a, a pop uh, a Messi? Um, well, I don't think it, it was one of the group. It was the Denmark match where all the Danish fans started chanting Messi. And after it, he was yeah. going to say, to him, "What was he doing this time last year? Getting knocked out of the Copa America? Probably, been... probably going to get knocked out yourself." <laughs> a lot <laughs> of people in his home country, which is why it was more embarrassing. Right? Uh, embarrassing, though. I think it was a really shot in the dark and nothing. Mm. Dangerous mistranslated, and they're chanting Messi at their own players <laughs> of the ball. I imagine Ronaldo would win World Player of the Year this year if you if they do win the European Championships. It would be absolute nonsense, yeah. Messi would it be? I think it would be eighty-two goals. Messi, no. 73. Oh, oh sorry, with the included, if you include Yeah, but uh, trophies are always the big selling yeah, point that's, that's with what you want. FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> Not the is he the greatest player of all time then? He's the new greatest player of all time. Oh, this is what I've been saying to people. I think I'd rather have Messi in my team to win, but I'd rather watch Ronaldo. I think he's a lot more entertaining. He, he is, in a way, in the whole, the whole kind of charisma about him and everything like yeah, even when he throws his arms in the air like he it's 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 entertaining to watch it there's a little skip the other night there's a difference yeah. between being watching entertaining to watch for, for football and then the same way Balotelli is entertaining because you know what he's going to do yeah I mean I prefer to watch Messi because I know he's going to be entertaining and he's going to beat three players and he's going to stay on his feet and he's going to ride the tackle and he's going to play football but uh, if I miss Curry and I fancy a good kind of like dramatic thing I'll maybe watch Ronaldo because you don't know what he's going to do. And yeah, he can be players when he wants to, but he just acts the maggot half the time. And he, he just goes down and I like Messi. <laughs> well, that was part two. I'm going to play some music now and then we'll have part three for you. Part three, Italy versus Germany. Mark, let's start with Germany. Um, well, Germany, I think, of in all, well, particularly in the group, they looked like a machine that was going to be unstoppable to get to the final anyway. Um, a little bit less so against Greece. I thought um they gave two soft goals away. Well, um, one of them penalty, never a penalty. 
that late in the game though you want to close it out yeah um so going i i don't see italy uh, having enough to beat them in the semis um so i see germany going to the final and i see germany winning the final um plus with um gomez in decent form three goals joint top i can see him getting a couple more goals as well finishing top score top score colin what do you think I love what you just said there because I've Mario Gomez for top scorer and I've Germany to win the tournament. Um, so God, please make that happen. Um, I I've been unbelievably impressed with Germany. I think they're a great team, and I think they will they will win. Um, they will destroy Italy three 0 and um, I just think they're they're going to overload them in midfield. Problem if you think back for Germany is. It's sort of the problem. They didn't really lose. Didn't lose any game badly. They came. They lost to Turkey. I think it was four years ago, and that game was ridiculously close. Every time they've been knocked out, they were knocked out because they had a poor game. They knocked out because they just came, just about came up short in a high scoring game. That day. But this time, I think, just because I like, I fancy the Italians. They drew one all with Spain, and that's a feat in itself. I think people have forgotten about that. That was a huge deal to draw one all with Spain, because I personally think Spain could be. I think Spain could beat Germany. I think Germany could beat Spain. And I think Mario Gomez, who is has been a great player, is also a bit temperamental. And if I was a betting man, I'd say he, at the start of the tournament, I said he would have had one bad game. And he hasn't had it yet. And I think he does have the potential to be marked out of the Italian game by the centre-backs and get frustrated. But having said that, Germany have loads of other weapons across the pitch. And Mario, game, Mario Gomez could be a mere, just like a dummy runner. He could just open up the space. But I do fancy Italians in this game. Uh, and it, it is kind of on the back of them drawing with Spain and having the ability to, to eke out a result. And I think I could see Germany just coming up short that just one more time. I think that um, the Italians do have what it takes to win. I mean, I, mean, I know they have Mario Balotelli up front who is, can either be great or can just be stupid. And if Balotelli gets sent off earlier or just starts taking pot shots for no reason again, like he did against England when the game was on the line, Italy will lose. But if he has a decent game and, and Italy play the way they can play and play the way they played against Spain, counter-attacking football and, and do what they need to do, they can win. I think they can beat Germany. I think Germany are invincible. I think every year, no, up until the last year, up until the last tournament, no one, they never were really fancied, but they never realised they just play well in tournaments. That's what Germany do. But I think that Italy have played not just as well, but have managed to have some sort of grit about them, Have regardless of who they face. I mean, they did draw who were the other games they drew was it against Croatia Croatia yeah well you, you can only play who's in front of you and they seem to have played pretty well against everyone and they, they obviously they eat, eat against eat past uh, England last night but you can only play as who's uh, in front of you and they played Spain and they drew one off so I think they're just as likely to sneak a victory against Germany as Germany are to sneak to get to beat Italy um, first of all you, you, you almost have to change some of those ifs to wins with Palatelli when he takes all these pot shots or when you get sent off in the yeah, first two minutes of the game. It's unfair to say if Mario Gomez is due a bad result, Balotelli is due to be sent off. But uh, yeah. uh, Germany are battle-hardened. They've come through the, the most difficult group, three uh, top teams in there, and they've come through it well. Won uh, every game. Won every game. Um, and not beat Greece. Okay, they were expected to, to win that game. but Having rested their front three. Um, as, but I, I, I see them marching through Italy. I don't see, I, I see that being a... A two or a three game. You say rested the front three. I saw it more as a tactical change. Maybe Shirley was kind of just to throw him in and see what he's like because he had that element of danger with, about him but never really pulled it off. He was kind of like their Aid McGeady of just like 
doing well, and then Can't cross. final thing just going slightly wrong. They slightly. they have the options. They have the firepower up front that other teams don't have. You know, if you could take off Gomez to bring on closer, who's one of the record goal scorers at major tournaments, you can take off Gossett, or you can bring on Gossett, and who's sitting on their bench till the last ten minutes, and he's like valued at forty million at the moment. And that's something that other teams don't seem to have. Also, the back are solid. Like, Hummels didn't get a look in until this tournament, and he only got a look in because Mertz Sacker's injured. And then, then he comes in, and he's been player of the tournament, pretty much. Um, I'm going to say it again. I said it before. Germany, yes, they've, they've won all their games, but Italy have played who's in front of them. I know I'm just going to repeat myself again. But in the same way Germany have walked through teams, Italy were supposed to lose against... Uh, against Spain and they did they drew one all and they played one of the best teams in the world and they held their own they did they did really well scored and first in that game too yeah like I mean they, they had a chance to go on and win it and then they had a lapse of concentration Spain were back in and I think within five minutes yeah I, I just think Spain got their tactics wrong for that game the whole false number nine didn't work with Italy um, and when Torres came on you saw that straight away Spain had the advantage and I mean only for Gigi Buffon perfectly reading Torres. I still don't understand how he's able to read him like that. He completely left the left side of his goal and he knew Torres was going that way, even though Torres could have just smacked it into an empty net near enough. But um yeah, well Italy did have to face Spain who were number one in the world and world champions and everything. But um they also had to play us, which which is pretty easy. That's their yeah. that's the only win they got. They had to play Croatia, who when you compare them to the Netherlands and Denmark and Portugal who were all much higher in the in the world rankings, that was the group of death. Yeah. And they won every match. They didn't just not lose. They beat everybody convincingly. Well, the Dutch were a shambles, as everyone found out. I mean, Germany, like, if Germany had gone on to lose that game and the Dutch had gone on to lose every other game, everyone would have been shocked. So the Dutch were there for taking it. And as a good team does, Germany put them out of their misery and, and beat them. And then it was against, who else was in that group? It was the Denmark. Denmark, Denmark and Portugal. Portugal. Like, you'd be looking, okay, the Portuguese probably the most impressive because you'd be expecting them to beat Denmark. But they, um, they beat Portugal, who've been probably their only real opposition, and they're they're an attacking team. And Germany just choked them out of the game and played the way they wanted to play. They're coming up for the first time probably against a team who can match them in midfield almost, like because they have the players that can like run a game as well. Like the, the Germans haven't faced that yet. They've come up against a Dutch side who doesn't have a midfield and rely on wingers the same way Portugal do, and they beat Denmark and Greece. The Italians can get in amongst them and mess everything up. Like they're not going to be afraid to rough it out and try and get the ball back, put them under pressure, and get them on the break. Like, this is the first time they they'll come up against a team who have a decent, who have a pretty decent like center mid center mid partnership, and will get the ball back and will be able to pass it around. So it'll be interesting how the Germans fare with that. At the same time, though, I think if you offered Italy uh, and particularly Andrea Pirlo penalties now, they probably take it. They definitely take yeah. it. If you look at how they've done, and like they failed to score against the poor England team last night. They only got two goals from sloppy, like sloppy defender from Ireland. Um, Spain, their goal was good. Croatia, not so much. Are they strong enough? Really, is this the? It's not the best Italian team. It's not vintage Italy, is it? But the best teams don't often win the tournament. I mean, it, there's always like, for example, Greece won it. Like you just have to play who's in front of you. Play the game, and if you win, you win. You, you give it your best shot. And England. Set England set up to get a def- to defend. They didn't set out to win. They played with Scott Parker and Jared. They played against like a, a six man defense, and they came very close. They hit the post a few times, and they came way closer than England did. So they're almost unlucky not to take the goal. And they 
they broke down a very disciplined England side and some teams haven't been able to do that, haven't been able to get the, the victory or been able to um, hold the draw with England, but they managed to like like keep them to a scoreless draw and come very, very close to scoring. So I think to write the Italians off, like I it would take a lot for Italy to win it. and I would take the rub of the green as well because they are the inferior side here because Germany, Germany have all the momentum, but this would be a huge test for Germany because they are the favourites going in here. No one's really giving Italy much of a chance, but they have all the experience behind them. Like Germany, not a young team, but not an old team, not an experienced team compared to the way Italy is. I mean, Italy have that mentality. They've won this thing. They've won this thing. That's what, they've won a tournament not so long ago. And some of those players are still there. Two. Two tournaments. Two players are still there. Yeah, I imagine there's as many German oh, players that have played in the... Like, the semi-final of World Cup last in 2010 and, and the final in 2008. There must be a couple. Good few playing Champions League final. Did they win though? 200 players. No, but they... Their last three Some say, you know, the pain might be, you know, a better... Their Look last, at LeBron. Their yeah. Last, no. Their last three tournaments were... They finished third, second and third. So, they obviously... Um, they'll be hungry. But the other thing about Italy as well, um, I said earlier about Spain, get 24 shots on target. Um against Ireland, Italy at 24 against shots England. against England. So maybe they just don't have that finisher if you're, if you're taking 24 shots on target and you can't score. Well, I've been impressed with the pace. I remember before the tournament I was saying they have pace up front, but I don't know what the rest of the team, Pirlo is a great passer, what's the rest of the team do? I've been really impressed with the pace from the full-backs or from the midfielders. They, they keep busy. But, I mean, against England, I know, like Mark was saying, they had 24 shots, but... How many of them were great chances, really, that they created? And how many were Very just few, hot just shots? Just a lot of Balotelli from just outside the box. Balotelli should have scored. Lescott's legs or something along those lines. He should have scored twice in the first half, though. He had good chances in the first half. Uh, but then again, Glenn Johnson should have scored after in the first 10 minutes as well. So. And how much of it was down to England being bad? Because the only match, the only half of a match where they looked really threatening was the Sweden match when they had Theo and Carol both on, both. Playing and they were trying to play through those players and they were creating things, but the rest of the time they were in their few banks of four sitting back trying to play through Milner who can't pass it. And Ashley Young didn't get himself involved in anything. Um, with England's engine room of Gerrard and Parker, it's a patchwork engine room that Parker's had to trouble with his Achilles in the lead up to the tournament and Gerrard was going down after 70 minutes with cramp, which is never a good sign, and it was 20 minutes and as it turned out, 50, uh, 50 and a penalty shootout to go. Um, so they were you know, they were kind of always hanging in, hanging in there more than going out to actually win a game. That's how I, I saw it anyway. Yeah, they struggled massively, didn't they? And they were always going to be found out. And I think the main, the, the key thing was that there was some sort of crazy belief that once Rooney had come back, that suddenly they would begin to play good football, that they would have their talisman back, that they'd be able to score goals. And, and five weeks out, and his type of body is not a good thing. And I mean, he was patchy during the season anyway. Uh, he still scored. What? How many goals did he score in the league this year? Twenty, twenty odd, twenty seven. Well, I didn't think it was his best season since uh, was it oh nine ten when he after Ronaldo left. Mm. Finishing wise, but general play wise, he wasn't as good. But, yeah. but, but, but he didn't. He didn't finish the season well, and then coming back in after five uh, weeks. Yeah, and in two big games as well. It's not like you're going in against um, a, you know somebody down the bottom of, of the table for United where you can ease them back in maybe. Um, this is a when it really counted and they wanted him to do something as it turned out he got the winner in one of the games mm. by nodding it over the line but he, he was missing against Italy um, for lar- large periods of the game would have been better if he hadn't come back I I personally would have kept him on uh, the bench 
and played um, Welbeck and Carillon. Used them in kind of spurts when you really need to kind of close out a game. Yeah, Welbeck got very tired before they took him off, and Rooney just looked tired the entire time. Yeah. It would have been better to swap, you know, swap them instead of swapping Carol, having to bring Carroll on. It was completely fit. I'd, I'd have played Oxley Chamberlain a lot more as well. As well, yeah. Um, also, I thought Gerard. I was very impressed with Gerard during the group stage. It's the first time I've ever seen him disciplined, sit back, and just play simple balls. Like Spanners, has, he's been telling people he's a central midfielder for years, and then completely ignoring the main duties of central midfielder, trying to pull these hail mary balls off. But last night he was doing it, just wasting possession, just trying to hit it down the line to players that weren't there. And I think they kind of handed him a play to Italy a bit. He created most of the goals for England this tournament. He did they? as well. He was great for set pieces as well. But yeah. then last night, where yeah. he just he you don't have possession, you can't himself. get exactly. free kicks. And the, the interesting thing as well is maybe if, if he played like he did in the group stages, Jared and Lampard could be accommodated in the same England team. If you, uh, as opposed, as opposed to the now, it won't happen in the going forward. But if you play like that in years gone by, um, you know the conundrum was always one had to do the attacking side of it, one had to accommodate that, and, and they always tried to do the same thing. The English equivalent of Pirlo would be Scholes, who wasn't yeah. at the tournament because he was forced out of the team by Lampard and Gerrard. He's considered tour choice between them. It's ridiculous. Oh, we we talked about Ireland's uh, future. What about England? They were. A lot of older generation, the golden golden generation, going to and then. Leo Ferdinand has played himself out of the team forever now. Now that they've seen that Lescott can do the job, and even Gary Cahill. Gary Cahill will be back, and then Smalling and Jones. Yeah, yeah, well. I think Ferdinand is gone. Pretty much. No, no, I wouldn't. Even if he got called up after getting dumped for John Terry, I wouldn't say he'll he'll he'd take it. They still have the likes of Wilshire and Cleverly, who are different kind of midfielders, yeah. and they've had for a long time. They've missed Wilshire badly, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Jack Wilshire could, could struggle to come back to yeah. professional football. He's been he's been out for so long with different injuries, ankle, knee, um, yeah. So it could it could be conceivable that he won't come. It'd be a good while yet before he's back playing. I wouldn't be holding my breath. So where will we put now for the final? We're thinking Conor who do you think is going to win the first semi? Spain. Spain, and who's think second? My, I want Italy to win, but I. See, every time I watch tournament, I think Germany are unstoppable, but then they get beaten. I mean, they're not invincible. Like they've had a good few games, but a, a good game so far. But every team is prone to a bad result. Like they're not Barcelona. They just they just play well together as a team, and that can be disrupted in one game. That can all go out the window very quickly. So I'm going to say Italy, based on it just could happen on the day. So you're saying Italy, Spain, and who do you think's going to win in the final? Spain, Spain. Colin. Yeah, Spain to sneak out of the Iberian Derby with eighty-five percent possession. And um, and then Germany to beat France, Italy, and uh, and Germany to win the final. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Germany. Will, will won't have that much difficulty get, get Italy, and I think Spain will have that much difficult difficulty with Portugal. Spain Germany final. I think this is the end of the road for uh, Spain in terms of they've they won't win the three tournaments in a row, uh, and I think Germany will take it in ninety minutes. Yeah, I'm going with Spain anyway, and then obviously Germany. I back Germany at the start, and I'm still confident that they're going to win. Well, you can laugh at us this Obviously time Germany. next week anyway. If I won't, oh, what, in the, Spain played Germany in, in the 2008 uh, Euro yeah. final. I wonder when the last time was that it's been a repeat of a final, um, two tournaments back to back. That's a question for you. Answers on a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a PO box, so it's email. 
John's house. Yeah, remember actually just get on the Facebook page and fill it in in the comments box if you know if you figure it out before one of us does. Anyway, uh, well that's it for another back page pass. We'll be back again after the final when one of us will be proved right and we'll be able to gloat probably unless of course Portugal beats Spain, in which case we're all wrong. <laughs> okay, well we'll talk to you.